Good morning, everyone. I hope you all had a restful night's sleep and are wide awake, your bodies replenished and rejuvenated to take on the new day. We have been granted the privilege of seeing this new day because God still has work to do in our hearts and work to do through us in behalf of others. So let us let him have his way with us today. All right. This is Pastor Ken Richards, and you're listening to the second installment of the Hour of Truth Prophecy series. As I said in the introduction a few days ago, we're taking our time and building slowly to accommodate those who are part of this forum who are new to these things. We do not want anyone to be left behind or to be confused, and so it is important to lay the foundation for these messages so that all can be firmly established in understanding. I thank you all for your patience and for being a part of this group. Now let me remind you all, again, that if there is anything that you do not understand, please feel free to text me on WhatsApp at 954-478-4673, and I'll be glad to clear any misunderstanding. Now, God reveals the future. The scripture tells us in Isaiah 46 verses 9 and 10, Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. In other words, God is saying, I'm the only one who can tell you the future and it comes to pass exactly as I said it will. I'm the only one who can declare the end from the beginning and that is a distinguishing mark that I and I alone am God. Again, through the prophet Isaiah in Isaiah chapter 42 and verse 9, God says, Behold, the former things are come to pass and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. So here again, God makes the same point through the prophet Isaiah. I am the one who can accurately tell you what will come to pass, even long before it happens. The only one. Regarding the inspiration of the prophet, the Apostle Peter tells us in 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse 19, that's the second letter of Peter, chapter 1 and verse 19, he says, we have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed, as unto a light that shines in a dark place, until the day dawns and the day star arises in your hearts. Knowing this first, that no prophecy of the scripture is of any private interpretation. So Peter says the word of prophecy is sure, take heed. And it's not of private interpretation. In other words, it is not my opinion. It is not any man's opinion. It is the divine word of God which has gone forth and is backed by the certainty of God's foreknowledge. In verse 21, he continues, he says, For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. In other words, the writings might have come down through men, but these were inspired. It is the voice of God that speaks through them. I must say also, dear friends, that I believe that without an understanding of these things, we are walking blind. Because God gave them through his prophets for a reason. 
not just to take up space in the Bible, but because he knew that it would become crucially important for us living in these times to understand them, especially in the context of where we are today in history. In fact, towards the very end of the book of Daniel, we read these words. But though, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. God tells the prophet, seal the book until the time of the end. In essence, he's saying, Daniel, there are some things that I've inspired through you which are written in this book that are more applicable to people who will be living in a period of time referred to as the time of the end, when many shall be running to and fro and knowledge shall be increased. Until means that when we approach that period of history referred to as the time of the end, that is when a clearer understanding will be coming upon these things. These things have a particular relevance to the people who are living towards the end of time. Notice again verse 9 of Daniel chapter 12. And he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Till implies that when the time of the end comes, there'll be understanding, there'll be a revelation of these things. If I were to say, close that door over there until or till December 1, it means that when December 1 comes, the door will be opened. That is what is implied by the words till or until. In verse 10, it goes on to say, many shall be purified and made white and tried. But the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Let's look at this a little more closely. Many shall be purified and made white and tried. Peter gives us a glimpse into what he's talking about. First Peter 4 verse 12 says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trials which is to try you as though some strange thing happened to you. So there'll be a period referred to as a period of fiery trials. Fire is used as a metaphor for intense hardship and persecution. So fiery trials will be coming upon God's people towards the end. Again, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 1 verse 7 that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than of gold that perishes, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. What he's saying is that this is for the purpose of bringing us into a state of praise and honor and glory at the appearance of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's part of the preparatory process. It's a preparation. It's the purifying of our souls through trials. And he further tells us, the attitude, the approach that we should have towards these things, even as we know that we are resting safely in Jesus Christ. He says in 1 Peter 4 verse 13, he says, But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Peter says, rejoice. This is a purifying that is preparing you for the coming of Jesus Christ so that you will be able to receive him in peace and in joy, exceedingly joyful. So then, 
Let us not go about with our heads down and being all depressed and wondering why is this happening and why did God allow this and how, as if we're a band of mourners. No, dear friends, we have a glorious eternity up ahead and the apostle wants us to see this. God wants us to see this and to experience it even in the now, the reality of what he has in store for us so that we will be inspired and strengthened and motivated to go forward, to go forth with our heads held up high knowing that we serve a great God and he has a wonderful future ahead for us. The Apostle Paul says that eyes have not seen nor ears heard, neither has it entered into the heart, the imagination of man, the things that God has prepared for them that love him. So whatever comes to your friends, let us be inspired by the love of God and the great promises of God to fix our gaze forward and to go through it all knowing that there is a glorious reward up ahead for all those who remain faithful to God. And Jesus has promised that through it all, he will never leave you nor forsake you as long as you stand true to him. So understand, dear friends, that you're going to be testings and tryings come upon the world. A period of time during which those who remain faithful to God, despite all that's happening, will be purified. Purified and made white, it's a figure of speech. It means that by being steadfast and faithful to God during this coming period of trial and test, they will be made ready for the coming of the Savior to see him in peace. And notice again what it says in Daniel chapter 12 and verse 10. Regarding these things, it says, The wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. Notice, dear friends, that those are the direct words of Scripture. The Bible here divides everyone in the world into two classes, the wicked and the wise. And it says that upon these very important matters given by God through the prophet for this time in history, the wicked will not understand, but will do wickedly, but the wise will understand them. What does it mean? It means that those who choose to remain in ignorance to these matters, notice, it's a human choice. We are responsible for our choices. It means that those who choose to reject the understanding of these things will end up on the wrong side. They will end up among the wicked and thus will be counted among them. They will be the ones ultimately bringing the fiery trials of persecution against the faithful people of God. But as we saw earlier, through these trials, God will purify his faithful people, preparing them for his return. But the opportunity, dear friends, is given here to all of us to gain an understanding, to become wise in these things, so that we do not end up in the lot of those classed as the wicked, the lost. God is not arbitrary, dear friends. He does not just raise up a prophet and inspire him to write about coming events just because he can. God wants to give us evidence, evidence that will open our minds to know and to understand where we are in the whole scheme of history. God has promised that he will come again. And even though he has not revealed an exact time, when this will be so, yet he has given sufficient evidence so that the people of the earth who choose to come into an understanding of these things 
can know when his coming is near. Can know when he when we have entered into the period of time identified in scripture as the time of the end. This is a period of time during which there will be significant events taking place in the world. Events which any well-thinking person, any rational person, will be able to see that truly final redemption is drawing near. And why does God reveal the future in Bible prophecy? He wants people to understand the real issues that are going on, dear friends. There are so many deceptions all around. Despite the chaos, despite the confusion in the world, God wants people to not be distracted by the fanfare and the many decoys and distractions that the enemy is using to keep them in darkness until it is too late. God wants us to wake up. He wants us to understand the real issues so that we may be able to make the right decisions in this time. Because ultimately, there are only two options, you know, only two sides, leading to either of two destinies, and they are entirely opposite. No, we are beginning in the book of Daniel, not because it is the only book of prophetic importance, but because it is in this book that God gives a timeline of world history down to the end. This is given four times in the book of Daniel, each time using different symbols, and giving us a sweeping glance from the time of the prophet all the way down to the end of time and the return of Jesus Christ. The book begins with the prophet being a captive in the ancient kingdom of Babylon, which was then ruled by the powerful heathen king Nebuchadnezzar. Now one might be wondering, why is a faithful child of God a captive in a heathen land under a heathen king? To answer this and other questions, let us spend a few minutes looking into the background of the book of Daniel. I will begin with the first two verses of Daniel chapter 1. It says, In the third year of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, came unto Jerusalem and besieged it. That means he surrounded it with his armies. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God, which he carried into the land of Shinar, to the house of his God, and he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. God gave up the people of Jerusalem into the hand of a heathen king who worshipped heathen gods. These first two verses of the book, they are very telling. And notice what it's telling us. The king of Babylon launches a campaign against Jerusalem, besieged the city, captures it, ransacks the house of God, and takes much spoil back to his country. Does this strike you as strange? Jerusalem was the capital city of the people who were supposed to be God's people. Babylon was a heathen nation, worshipping heathen gods. Now back in the ancient days, it was widely believed that if an army can defeat your army, then it can only mean that their god is stronger than your god. So how could this happen? It means the people who were supposed to be the people of God had turned their backs on him and forsaken him. They had turned to the worship of idols and rejected the God, the true God, the one God who 
had always been their protection. By turning away from God and embracing the ways of Babylon, they became incorporated and assimilated into Babylon, and eventually destroyed by the very same Babylon that they had chosen over God. Interesting. But here is what's even more interesting. The Bible uses Old Testament history to teach us concerning things which will happen in these last days. Back then, things happened in a physical sense. In our times, there will be a spiritual application. Back then, Babylon was a physical city, a world-ruling empire reigning over many nations and other rulers of these nations at that time. It was a powerful empire which even set up an image and commanded all under its control, even the rulers of other nations, to bow down and worship that image. And because the people of God had turned their backs to him and adopted the practices and worship of the heathen, God gave them over into the hands of Babylon, and many of them, most of them, ended up worshiping, bowing down to this image set up in Babylon. But the Bible also speaks of Babylon existing in the end times not now as a geographical, physical city, but a spiritual Babylon, a global system of religion and politics joined together, which rules over the nations of our day. The book of Revelation, using the same language as used in Daniel, also says in Revelation 13, that this end-time spiritual Babylon will set up an image also and command the whole world to bow down and worship it. This time, not a physical object as an image, but by imposing a false system of worship upon the whole world. A parallel, yes, but this time involving the whole world. Could it be that the Christian church at large, to a very great extent, will also repeat ancient history? by turning away from certain precious truths which God has given in Scripture and instead substituting these with the wine of spiritual Babylon, thus losing its power and becoming captive to this system which God condemns, a puppet of Babylon in these last days? Could it be? Over time, we will see the answers to these questions because the Bible is very clear on these things, dear friends. But just as God then had a faithful few who remained loyal and true to him at all costs, Daniel and his friends, so too he will again have those who will be purified through the fiery trials, remaining steadfast and faithful to him at all costs in these times. The question today, dear friends, to us all, is will you be a faithful Daniel in these times of modern-day spiritual Babylon? We will look in more detail in these things in later studies. But in closing, let me say this. Know for sure that history will repeat itself. As the wise man Solomon wrote in Ecclesiastes chapter 1 and verse 9, I read, The thing that has been is that which shall be, and that which is done is that which shall be done, and there is no new thing under the sun. Again, in chapter 3 of Ecclesiastes and verse 15, he wrote, That which has been is now, and that which is to be 
has already been, and God requires that which is past. So, dear friends, the Bible makes it very clear that history will be repeated. That which has been will be. It is my hope and prayer that your mind has been agitated and your interest sparked to a great extent. Go through your day putting your hope and your trust in God. He will carry you through any situation. God bless you all.